there's no doubt in my mind that the world seems to be getting crazier, more confused, and even delusional. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. It's hard to believe that particular song is actually over 50 years old. It was recorded in 1970, a big hit in 1971, Temptations and Ball of Confusion. One of the things that needs to be understood, our world has gone through many difficult times in my lifetime and over the many centuries. There have always been issues and problems and conflicts and wars. There's been natural disaster. There's been terror disaster. This is as old as mankind itself. But today there's another element that is coming in, and it's not just in one place or another or here or there. Increasingly, what I'm seeing is global. These are becoming increasingly global issues. I'm old enough to remember many of the protests in the 1960s, whether it be for racial equality or against the Vietnam War, I remember them all well. I can remember a lot of things, and I've read enough history to know that we've had our share of problems, especially here in my nation, the United States, and I know our neighbors to the north in Canada, same thing. I've got listeners I know in Australia. Right now, you're seeing things that are unprecedented in your history. Yet people, many people are just thoroughly accepting of all these strange things that are happening. It is truly a ball of confusion, this planet called Earth on which we live. I've never seen division either within a nation like I I see in the United States today. And I know it's the same in in the United Kingdom, I know it's the same right now in France, I know it's the same in Canada, Australia, even many nations in Africa, and there's many that do hear this program over the weekend. The world has become increasingly more unstable. And I want to spend just a few minutes at the beginning of the program today to just illuminate that so you understand the world in which we live. Now, this week on the program, for those that get to hear the program uh, every day of the week as a daily program or podcast, we've, we've talked about a number of issues. We talked about where this nation is heading, where this radio program has been. We celebrated our first anniversary this past Tuesday, one year of doing this program, Truth to Ponder. And as I said earlier this week, I didn't think it would last three months. I thought, really, in my heart, I really believed that God was calling me to do a short-term radio program for just a specific season. At least that's what I hoped. Well, then the election came in November, and there was all the instability and accusations of fraud. So, well, the radio show continued. And people were starting to support it to cover the expense of the airtime. 
And then we came to the first of the year. Then we came to to January, then February, and and here we are, a year later. Many of the same issues that were confronting us a year ago are still with us today. Many of the things causing division and fear are still with us today, not just in one place, but literally across the planet. A pandemic. And over this past year, and the radio program I did prior was called Your Weekend Show. And it was just literally a weekend radio program that aired on a few radio stations around the world, not many. And it was kind of like my little ministry, that thing that I do to share what I've experienced in my 67 some odd years of life. And I hope when I started the program way back in 2015 as just the weekend program, it would be just primarily talking about life and an encouragement for you. As we travel through difficult times, as the people in the Navy would say, turbulent waters, if you fly turbulent skies, we are in that time right now. I spend a lot of time on social media, not that I enjoy it, but because I feel the necessity of trying to understand what the world around me thinks, not just my friends, not just my little circle, not just those of the same faith background as myself. I try to observe all of those around me to try to you know, get inside their mind to understand what makes them think. And increasingly in these past several weeks, as I look at the world and I, I look at the events of the past, oh, I don't know, 10 days, 14 days, let alone two months or a year, and the more that I observe many of the people that are in global leadership, not just in my nation, but globally in leadership, it's not just confusion. I really believe it's, it's delusion. I want to take you to, to the scriptures. And I know a lot of people listen, oh, man, Bob, you know, that Bible stuff, I don't believe any of it. Well, maybe as I share with you today, maybe you're going to start catching on and realizing there's more to life than what your eyes see and what you think or what you feel. I come out of an engineering background more than anything, so I'm very pragmatic. I don't jump into every theory that somebody throws at me. I, you know, I should have been born in Missouri. I, you know, show me, prove to me, give me reason. I just don't fall for anything because somebody says it or somebody on the TV said, believe this. I, I, don't, I don't do that. When I share from my heart to you when I do this radio program, it's because I firmly believe everything I'm saying and I'm confident in the accuracy of the information I give to you. I'll get to that in a moment. But I want to take you to 2 Thessalonians. It's, it's a book in the Bible written by St. Paul to the church at Thessalonica. And these words... Sometimes when a person that's never read the scripture or heard anything from the Bible before in their life, they listen to this and they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they look at the world, especially 
if, if they have a rational mind and they look at some of this stuff that has happened. And, and here in the United States, look at what's happened. The botched leaving of Afghanistan, though I know some of the mainstream media, is going to try to gloss it over and say it wasn't as bad as it looked and it's okay. You know, that $68 billion worth of stuff may not be a problem. And yet we got most of the people out. And I know we gave up the military base, which makes no sense, before we left. And on and on it went. In other words, every step of the process that had been figured upon a year or so ago was abandoned to fly by the seat of their pants thinking they could trust people that have proven not to be trustworthy. And I'm just afraid in the days and weeks ahead of what is going to befall us, not just in the United States, but in Great Britain, all over the Western world. If you are intellectually honest, people are doing some pretty strange and weird things. Only way I can put it. Strange and weird, unprecedented. I thought some of the clothing we may have worn in the 60s and 70s seemed bizarre, but today it is taken to a new level. Also the way people treat each other. We've always had selfishness it's always been part of the human nature but now we are at levels that are beyond my comprehension let me just take you to second thessalonians this is saint paul's letter as i said to the church at thessalonica and i'm going to read several verses here and a lot of this has to do with the spirit of the age in which we live now the Apostle John identifies it as the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist. And St. Paul reminds them about all the evil and everything, and he said, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. That was verse number 5 and 6. Verse 7. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. For the enemy of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. I'm going to get back to that in a moment. The early church was already warned that the spirit of Antichrist is already in this world. It's not something that's going to just happen all at once way down the road. A lot of Christians think that the world is a great place and someday the Antichrist is going to come and then the mark of the beast is going to be revealed and we're all going to get raptured and everything's going to be just honky-dory fine and no one's going to worry about a thing feel like breaking out in the chorus of that song you know you remember you remember this from stevie wonder don't you worry about a thing don't you worry about a thing mama. and while it's true the bible tells us to fear nowhere in the bible does it say not to be prepared not to be observant about the things going on in the world today and not to act like everything is always going to be 
the way it is. That's one of the problems in the Western church today. We've had it so easy for so long. I mean, how how much commitment does it take to go to church two or three times a year back before the pandemic? You know, Christmas, Easter, a wedding, a funeral. You know, the kind of services you, you end up feeling obligated to attend. Too many Christians in the United States could make an easy decision on a Sunday morning to sleep in, but they couldn't make that decision on the first work day of the week or the first school day. Those things, you had to make a commitment. You you couldn't just toss them aside. If you did, there was a consequence. If you don't show up to work, you lose your job. Don't go up, you know, don't show up to school, you, you fail. But you don't show up to church, there seems to be no consequence. Now, I know this pandemic age has changed that, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but you understand what I'm trying to tell you. The American church, don't you worry about a thing. Somebody else will take care of it. I could share stories on that. We need to start taking what the Bible has warned us about for centuries seriously because right before our very eyes, I shared this earlier this week, and I I know I've got an expanded audience, and I want you to catch this. This is really important stuff you need to understand. Let me get back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's worth pulling that Bible down off the shelf and reading it. There's a lot in this little chapter, and it's only 17 little verses. But I think you'll find these 17 verses are going to open your eyes like they haven't been opened in a long time. So we know, as St. Paul said, I'm going to repeat the verse here, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. This is Antichrist. Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. We've heard this before. Even if you're a nominal Christian, you've probably heard about the Antichrist, the beast system, all these things you know of, but you do you really understand? And in too many churches, they know of it because they figure they're not going to participate in it because they're going to get a free pass out. And that's one of the greatest deceptions the church has ever dealt with. This idea that when the bad time comes, we don't have to worry about it. Well, tell that to the early Christians who gave their life, who were martyred for the faith. They were executed, burned alive, fed to wild beasts. Yeah, they they had some things to be concerned about. Worshiping was illegal. We'll get to that in a few moments. But here's verse number 10, and this is what I want you to really grasp upon right now. This is important stuff. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. There's a lot of people out there 
that do not have the truth dwelling in them. There's a lot of people out there that do not even want the truth dwelling in them. They're happy and content living in their lie because it makes them feel good. Leadership around the world today. I'll talk about my nation and its leaders in a few minutes. Because this is what the Bible is saying to you and I and to the many right now that I see in leadership positions. Remember, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Let me say that again. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Did you hear that? I'll say it one more time. I want this to sink in. And for this cause, this is people that do not want to know the truth, the ones that mock God, the ones that say, I can be a good Christian and still do these things that the Bible forbids. They're believing a lie. They're believing a lie willingly, and I think deep inside, as they began to believe that lie, they knew it was a lie. But somebody made them feel better about that lie, and before long, they now live in a delusion that God has placed upon them. And here's why. Here's what happens when they believe that lie. They've gone so far that the delusion... The lie becomes their truth and it becomes their reality. So we get to verse number 12. For those that are now believing this lie, that have been given this delusion, so they'll continue to believe the lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Wow. I look at some of this stuff that I'm seeing today. And my heart breaks, and I am just astounded. I can't believe the descent toward hell or Gomorrah or Sodom that this nation, the Western world, is gone. And of all the places where this damage is being done, this is God's judgment if you don't see it. The leadership we have in this world today, the Bible teaches that you know God will send unrighteous leaders to those that are unrighteous. And I can believe it with some of the stuff that I'm seeing around the world today. This is not any reflection on any particular church body or denomination, but you have so many people running around claiming to be good Christians and Roman Catholics. And the Roman Catholic Church, whether you agree with them on a lot of things or not, is immaterial, but they are they're truly correct on the issue of life and the preborn. Life is sacred in the womb. It's not some non-living entity. The Bible says, I knew you in the womb. And there's so many examples where God makes it clear that what is in the womb is a human being made in the image of God. And so when people like Nancy Pelosi can throw their faith to the side and say, well, I'm a good Catholic and I pray, but I'm not going to get in this fight. Well, yes, you have to get in this fight. There are some things you do have to roll up your sleeves and get in the fight or you're not in the body of Christ. These 
people. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent, doesn't matter to me. If you're in Canada, whatever party you are a member of, the Bible teaches right from wrong sin. It talks about sin that we need to be redeemed of. And here's something else about sin. A lot of people live in this delusion, well, I can sin all that I want because I'm going to be forgiven and everything will be fine and when I die, I go to heaven. Or like a Nancy Pelosi, when I die, some priest will throw holy water all over me and I get pushed into heaven. It doesn't work that way. The Bible doesn't teach it. The church has never taught that. I'm telling you, the Bible talks about delusion. The Bible talks about the reprobate mind. And I, I come back to these themes a lot of late. God has just laid it upon my heart to make sure that you in the body of Christ and you who have never heard the truth be revealed to you. St. Paul writes, and this is to his friends and his people in Thessalonica and to us today, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, because beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give God a lot of lip service. Our schools mock him. Our government mocks him and boos him in some parties, cases. We have thrown him out of the marketplace. But the Bible also teaches God will not be mocked. He will get his... (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. He will not be mocked. Verse 15, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. And hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. We're coming to a time. This week we've talked about a number of things. If you, like I say, listen to the the weekday radio program or podcast, we've talked about a number of things. But this is really on my heart and mind today. And it's been on my heart and mind for the last couple of weeks. We are coming into a time, and, and, and I'm always cautious. I, I, there's a lot of prophecy preachers, some that I respect, some that I think are a little bit out there because they made a lot of predictions or written books that have never come true. I'm always cautious. I'm never going to get up here and say, guess what? This is the whatever. I'm not going to do that. There is no doubt that we are coming into a time of tribulation. On that, we have zero doubts. We're coming into a time of tribulation, period. Does that mean it's the great tribulation? I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't have any super secret inside information. I'm not a prophet. I'm not getting some word of the Lord to tell you to send me money so I can do this, that, or the other and and build my kingdom. I'm not trying to build a kingdom. I'm trying to build God's kingdom on this earth. I'm trying to build the church on this earth, the church being the living body of Christ, the ecclesia, those that are called out by God to be in his, his body, his church. 
All I'm trying to do here is my little part as somebody that was called and ordained to preach the word of God, to share with you some real truth and use the medium of radio and the internet as long as it's available to do it. And I'm not the only preacher. There are plenty of solid preachers and teachers out there that I admire and I fully respect. They're not my God, but they're teachers called of God, and I respect them. So here we are in this really strange time in which we live on this earth today, the likes of which I have never seen before. And and to explain some of the things that I've seen, when a Supreme Court back in April of 2015, I really think that was one of the biggest tipping points in this nation. There have been a lot of tipping points, but this is one where we make another hard turn It was a book that came out years ago. It was a book that came out years ago, written by Robert Bork, probably a very honorable man who who politicians just scorned and ridiculed. The term that Democrats used back in the day when Robert Bork was up before uh, coming as a nominee to the Supreme Court, he was Borked. They destroyed him. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. And they laughed because they had, they had taken this godly man and left nothing but his carcass, so to speak, metaphorically, in the Senate floor. He wrote a book called Slouching Toward Gomorrah. He wrote that book a number of years ago. And a lot of people back in the 80s and 90s, I can remember when Robert Bork was, he was pro-life, he was profoundly Christian, and he had a moral compass, the things that the world that has given themselves over to evil and Satan despise. They they can't have somebody that is Christ-honoring. They become literally Their eyes turn fiery red. They become possessed by hatred and evil when they have to confront what is righteous and what is good. Slouching toward Gomorrah. And when I heard the title of the book, I can remember where I was working at the time, I was thinking to myself, that's a little bit over the top. But man, he was right. See, I never expected in my lifetime to see some of the aberrations and the evil and promoting sin and celebrating it in the streets like I do today. We have gone far beyond what Robert Bork predicted in his book, Slouching Toward Gomorrah. Same-sex marriage. Now you have gay couples fighting for the right to adopt children. The nuclear family, ordained of God, being ripped apart by the hordes of hell. Narcissistic kids being raised by their phones and video games. And never fed the milk of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're being led astray. They're being led to hell. And before I go to the break, I shared this a couple of days ago on the radio program. 
for those that listen Monday through Friday. We had this on Monday and Tuesday of this week, and I want to just play this one clip again, and I need to set this up so you understand it. There's a teacher in California. There's a teacher in California. She's been identified as Kristen Pitson. That's Kristen Pitson, P-I-T-Z-E-N. Newport Mesa School District. That's the Newport Mesa School District, Southern California, Orange County. And she is the kind of an individual that is hired in Orange County by the Newport Mesa School District to teach your children. And she's the kind of a person that I would not want teaching my children. Of course, they're all grown up now. Or grandchildren, and in my case, great-grandchildren, too, coming along. This teacher was bragging on what is called TikTok. I've seen the video. It's her. She's identified. There's no there's no doubt about this. You can't bury this. This teacher, Kristen Pitson, Newport, Mesa School District, Orange County. She talked about last year during COVID, uh, she took down the American flag, and you're about to hear in her own voice, because the American flag makes her uncomfortable, okay? I want you to listen carefully to what she said, and you have to see her face, the mocking, the laughing, the eyes, the, the everything about this. This is what the Bible calls a reprobate mind. Listen to how a reprobate mind speaks and brags and is proud of their sin. Okay, so during third period, we have announcements and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class, stand if you feel like it, don't stand if you feel like it, say the words if you want, don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there, but I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. And um, I packed it away and I don't know where, and I haven't found it yet. (laughs) But my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I gotta find it. Like I'm working on it, I got you. In the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? This is an example of what is teaching our children in Southern California. This is an example of why children need to be removed out of our public schools. It's becoming increasingly satanic playgrounds where they grab a hold of your children to tell them to mock anything you believe. Any conservative values must be removed. The schools are doing what schools do best, indoctrination. Adolf Hitler understood that. Mayo Seitung understood it. Every despot in the world has understood. Grab the minds and the hearts and the attitudes of your children. The Bible has a lot to say about how we're supposed to raise our children, and sending your child to that teacher for instruction is not what the Bible teaches. We have a lot more. 
to say on that topic and a few more things. Listen, this program today, Truth to Ponder today on this edition, the one that people hear in other parts of the world, there's additional airings on this particular episode. And this ministry is really beginning to grow. God has laid on my heart the direction that needs to happen. And I believe he's raising up people to to help pick up the torch and to bring this program and what we're trying to do to where it needs to be. I'm really praying about upgrading the website, having more news and information that you can use and share with others. Because look, I know a lot of you listen on shortwave radio and a lot of the friends you have don't know what that is and don't care. And they have the internet or what else. So, I mean, we're still going to use that. As I always say, as as long as we have the time, as long as the door is open, we're going to be there until we get shut down. And I'm going to be trying to stay one step ahead of being removed or deplatformed. That's why I've opened up a premium account on Gab, where I can begin to share where Facebook would take things down or YouTube or we don't even bother with Twitter anymore. That thing is mindless. We'll talk a lot more on the other side of of things we're going to have to be doing. And also what the Bible has to say. There's a lot of warnings that I think even many good Bible-believing Christians have lost sight of or forgotten during this age of COVID. And there's a lot to say on that on the other side as well. Do you believe in what we're trying to do here? Would you help us in buying the airtime? Would you pray about God sending and raising up the people that I know are calling calling them to do a new work or to help in this one? Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. And we are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. I'll give that address again in just a second. If you care to write a check, make it out to Ancient Word Radio. That is Ancient Word Radio. To help continue, we are just buying airtime right now. That's what God has laid in my heart. But there's another step to come. I really feel that coming in the next several weeks or months. But help keep us on the air. It's 21 Berkshire Lane, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's our secure box, Sky Valley, Georgia, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. We're going to take a break right now. And by the way, our website is truththenumber2ponder.com. Truththenumber2ponder.com. I know I'm running late for this break, but there's just so much to share today, and I want you not to miss it. The Bible has a lot to say about the age in which we live. And I think sometimes even Christians are not, not recognizing the authority that God's Word has. So with that, we're going to take a break, and we'll see you in just a few minutes. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Fighting Faith, coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, you've got faith. Good. 
That's good. I mean, you have faith, but it's not enough. You see, Paul said, he didn't just say, I had faith. He said, I have fought the good fight of faith. See, it's not enough to have faith. That's not enough. You need to have fighting faith. Abraham's the father of the faithful, those who have faith, but he was also a fighter in faith. You need to take your faith and turn it into fighting faith. How do you get fighting faith? You come head to head with that which is against faith, that which is against God's love. You have a tough time, you use your faith. You're getting discouraged. Well, that's a job for fighting faith. You want a victory of faith, then you're going to have to fight the fight of faith. You know, if it was easy to believe without a fight, it wouldn't be a fight. Well, then it wouldn't be a victory. Some people think great faith is just believing. No, when it's easy to believe, it's not great faith. It's when it's hard to. It's when it's hard to be encouraged. It's when it's hard to keep going. When it's hard to be strong. That's when you need fighting faith. And that's real faith. You know, you got to say this is a job for fighting faith. When you're being tested, you want a victorious life? Victory comes through a fight. You want to overcome? It says faith overcomes the world, but you need something to overcome. You want to win? You can't win without a fight. Put your faith where your life is, where the problem is, where the battle is. Fight the fight. Messiah did not die so you would only have faith. He died so you'd have powerful faith. You'd have overcoming faith, victorious faith, fighting faith, that you'd have victory. And you will, but it begins when you fight the good fight of faith. Ask for raging faith. Now, the free gift for you. What if you discover the lost Ark of the Covenant? Well, a newly revealed ancient discovery just as awesome. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. Daily spiritual vitamins guaranteed to revitalize your walk. Or a free New Testament. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just call one 800 Yeshua one. You just remember Jesus' name, Yeshua, and you dial it. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. The Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them. To bless those who blessed you and reach the unreached peoples from every nation, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, and you'll have a great part in the Great Commission. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. How do you write me? Here. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, fight the fight, my friend. In Messiah, Yeshua Tikvatenu, our hope. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I'm not sure if you listened to what Jonathan Kahn had to say, but what he had to say fits right in and is so profound. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I want to thank you for being a listener and someone that prays for me in this ministry. I'm going to tell you, we started this just over a year ago. And I didn't think it was going to make it three months and then maybe, okay, maybe to the end of the year, five months. And then we got into six months and and time has gone by. Doors have opened. We've tried several things that, that worked out, some things not as well. And we're just trying to be good stewards of God's money and the resources and gifts that he gives to this ministry. I make that pledge to you. And I want to see it grow and continue. And I hope that you'll pray for me. I need your prayers now more than I've ever needed anybody to pray for me in my life. There's so many things. My my wife said it the other day. She said, how do you deal with this? Look at all the news you have to read and absorb and, and take into your mind. A lot of people just watch the news and turn it off and do something else. I wish I could do that. 
I try to stay ahead and I try to understand where this world is going because it's my obligation, as God has called me to do, to share with you. And there are times that I'll share with you things you may not want to hear. I liked what Jonathan Kahn had to say about faith, a fighting faith, an active faith, a faith you use, a faith you stand on. Not just empty words, not just something, oh, I have faith in God. Do you really? Do you have faith in God? Yes, I have faith in Jesus. I've heard that before. And, and I, I ask this question and I want to pose it to you in such a way that you understand this. This may not be the best analogy, but I remember it from my childhood. A pastor in a church I attended as a kid used this analogy and it, stay, it has stayed with me to this day. What is the difference in believing in something or believing on something? The Bible uses the term, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Let me say it again in case you missed it and, and, and have substituted words around. Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this pastor made this wonderful analogy. What is the difference between believing in something and believing on something? And most people, when first confronted with that question, they go, I don't know. Let me explain. I can remember many, many years ago as a child. I would... I loved to watch the sky as a little kid because we lived in Long Island and we had all kinds of marvelous aircraft flying over our, our homes because of the airports in the area. That, you know, you could see all these, these, you knew there were planes up there. I can believe in, for example, Eastern Airlines back in the day, maybe Delta Airlines today or what name your airline that you fly or, or trust. People that maybe live in the middle of the country that have never seen an aircraft fly over their head, they can believe in an airline because they have heard of the airline. And they've heard that this airline flies from New York to Los Angeles. That's easy to do. You can believe in something even if you haven't seen it. Because there's some, you know, there's some evidence out there. There's airports. There are websites selling you airline tickets. But see, when you buy that airline ticket and you finally go to the airport and you get through security and you go to the gate and you get on the aircraft and you put on the seatbelt and the, the aircraft takes off and now you're 36,000 feet in the sky, you're no longer believing in the airline. You're believing on it because you are on that aircraft. You've turned your belief into action. Many Christians, we have this wonderful verbal faith that we share. We love singing, you know, hymns like standing on the promises when too many of us are just sitting on the in the premises. At least it was that way before COVID. Faith requires our active participation. It is not a spectator sport. And so many of us forget that. We just show up and we, we observe like a spectator that has to pay an admission. And you know, sometimes we grumble about that admission when the plate comes by. 
2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to listen to this. Verse 13. Now, Timothy's a young preacher just beginning to do his thing, and St. Paul is trying to teach him and encourage him because it's not going to be an easy task when you take on the yoke of the gospel. Verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He's trying to remind him of the people he's going to be running into. They're going to mock him, uh, criticize him, laugh at him, maybe even try to kill him. But even so, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I'm telling you, the idea of having an easy faith in America, those days are rapidly coming to an end. I remember talking to somebody probably around 2000, maybe 13 or 14. At that time, I was considering talking to somebody about planning a church. And it was like, well, you know, it's hard to get people enthused about doing that these days. They got so many things they can choose from, you know. Kids have got softball and stuff on, on Sunday morning and, and sometimes golf or soccer or you name it. And, and a lot of families just can't do this. And, and so, you know, it's hard to get young people involved in planning a church. Yeah, I know. And a lot of people don't want to hear what the Bible has to say. St. Paul also writes in chapter 4. Let me just throw this at you before I forget. Preach the word is what he tells Timothy. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. In other words, preach when they want to hear it and preach the things even when they don't want to hear it. And here's, here's where we come from time to time, all through the ages, and even worse today, it just seems to be amplified. It's not just a little place here, a little place there. This is being amplified. For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap after themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned. Now listen to that carefully. And shall be turned unto fables. Not being persuaded unto fables. They're going to be turned unto fables. Now think about that for a second, what that really means. They will seek to celebrate sin. They'll seek to hear what they want to hear, and God will turn them over to a fable. Before the break, I shared that little audio clip. That audio clip came from that teacher in Southern California uh, on her TikTok account, the video of her showing her rainbow flag. By the way, if you didn't catch what that was, it was the rainbow flag of Pride Month. And uh, which is in her classroom all the time. The American flag is gone, but in her classroom, the gay pride flag is celebrated, and, and it's just a wonderful thing to have, and everybody needs to appreciate it. That's her LBGTQ propaganda, which she displays in her, her classroom. She said it's even reminiscent of a gay bar. And this is what is teaching our children in our public schools today, and you send your kids there? Church, what have you done wrong? Why did you give up the raising and instruction of children? Why did you hand it over to reprobates? 
Why did you hand it over to those that want to consume your children in their sin? And I'm going to be very clear about this. You may not want to hear it. There are a lot of churches out there that are also so busy celebrating sin, they have been given unto a fable. They have a delusion. They have a reprobate mind. Those things are happening. They're buying into a fable. They're blinded. They are given delusion. And the Bible makes it very clear they're damned. Period. They have abandoned the truth. The truth is not in them. The candle, the lampstand, according to the book of Revelation, is gone from that church. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell there anymore. The spirit of Antichrist does. And it parades around in fancy vestments and fine words. With a rainbow flag out front. Evildoers. Evil doers. You know, this is not a political statement, and please don't take it that way, but it just hit me out of nowhere. If you go back to 2020, about a year ago, last, you know, last summer, summer 2020, you had all these Antifa riots and things going on in Washington, D.C. The evil disruptors, the reprobate-minded, violent individuals, God-hating, They had occupied Lafayette Park. They had tried to set an Episcopal church on fire. Now, that's no, I don't even consider an Episcopal church in many cases even a church anymore. They have abandoned the gospel, period. Another day, we'll get to that. But after they cleared that park of the violence and the anger and the destruction, whether you like President Trump or not, I really don't care. You can hate him, you can despise him, you can believe all the lies the media said about him. I'm not saying he's some kind of a saint, but I am saying that on this he's right. You know why you know why the media and everybody and you know why that church in Washington got so angry at Trump standing in front of their church building? He held up the word of God in a Bible, something they no longer believe. It was repugnant unto them. God's word has become repugnant among the reprobates that twist the word of God, change the word of God, eliminate parts of the word of God. They try to write it off and say, well, it really doesn't mean what you see. And these churches are the churches of the damned. They are dead Corpses, stinking, rotting bodies in fancy vestments. And you're so deceived, you cannot see the evil, you cannot see the death. And you celebrate it to your peril. In the Bible, we also hear about salt and light. Salt and light. As Christians, we are the salt and light in this world. Now, what's that mean? Well, I can help you with that one if you don't know, and many may not understand it because we're so busy buying stuff made in the grocery store. little side note, somebody actually believed this. We don't need to be, uh, you know, having farms for cows, but you can get meat at the grocery store. That's where they make it. 
I mean, that's how that's how poor the education. That's not to be funny. That's true in many people's minds. They don't understand a lot of things about this world. They understand their phone. They understand their games. They understand their gay pride. They understand their sexuality, but they don't understand common sense. And the church has failed in its job to instill the word of God in, in these people. Let me explain something. We are salt and light. In ancient times, until really a hundred years ago, salt was used as a preservative. We didn't have refrigeration as we know it today. And so salt was used as a preservative. And when a salt has lost its savor, according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, when he says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but of the salt has lost its savor. Wherewith it shall be salted, it is therefore good for nothing. Good for nothing and be casted out. Jesus also says those of, those of us who follow him that are believers, we are also the light of the world. You know, evil and sin and darkness, they hate the light. They really do. They don't want the world to see their sin. They don't mind seeing it among themselves. But they hide, and they hate that spotlight to show the sinners and the filth that they are. What does Jesus say? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel or a basket, hide it away. But they put it on a candlestick to give light unto all that are in the house. So we are told as Christians, let our light, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm telling you, a lot of people today, their salt has no savor, and their batteries in their light have gone dead. Period. We have allowed our educational systems, our public education, to be taken over by the reprobate minds. They're the ones in charge. A little bit of history you may have not known here in the United States. Some of the finest Ivy League schools in the nation. If you go back a hundred or two hundred years or some cases even more. What was the purpose of a Harvard University? What was the purpose of Yale University? What was the purpose of Princeton University and, and many others? These are some of the finest colleges and universities the United States had. And I do that in the past tense. They were founded with divinity schools. That's right. Princeton still has a divinity school. Yale still has a divinity school. Harvard still has a divinity school. Though the kind of theology they're teaching now is the doctrine of the damned. I mean, that's what it's come down to. This is where wokeism and sin are being celebrated and pumped into so many of the formerly reliable mainstream churches that no longer they've abandoned the faith once given there's been the the bible by the way does talk about the great falling away you're watching all of this before your very eyes 
It was Harvard. This past week, they've hired a new head chaplain. That's right. They've always had the office of chaplain. And this new chaplain for Harvard is an atheist. If you didn't catch that, I'll say it again. The new chaplain at Harvard is an atheist. He's been selected by his peers you know, from the Divinity School. We're coming into a time. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're looking for a get-out-of-tribulation free card, don't expect it. Whether this is the Great Tribulation or just a period of time of tribulation, a foreshadowing of the tribulations yet to come, I don't know. But too many Christians are simply unprepared for the world we have today. They're just totally unprepared. Are you ready? What if your life came to an end? And I'm not trying to scare you here. I mean, I had a friend of mine earlier this year, the day right after Easter. Died unexpectedly. He's younger than I am. He was in great health. He had just had his entire physicals and everything in the weeks before. And he was pronounced in great health, and he died. Other friends of mine have ended up unexpectedly in the hospital or some other disease or illness, some some cases even COVID, with or without the vaccine, another story for another day. We live in uncertain times. There is a virus out there that didn't come naturally. Only an evil mind would be trying to do gain of function to get a virus that can become a bioweapon. And those people are the ones we're supposed to be listening to? We're in a very hurting time, my friend. A very hurting time. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? If you do not, you need to call on him today. Time is running short. I hope this program has been a blessing to you. If you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder, would you consider helping us financially if you can for paying for the airtime? Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's our secure box, 263. We are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and our zip code is 30537. You can make your check payable to Ancient Word Radio, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Until next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.